Welcome to the family with Ryan Winkler and Andy Brant Bernard. And your boy here, Ryan Winkler. You know, Andy, we've been talking. You know, Ryan and I think it's been over a year since he's been in studio. I can find out. Oh, he can find oh, out right wow, now. Wow, there's information. Oh, no. I like speculation better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a Paul. You're a politician, so speculation is a good thing. Let's see. No doubt about that. God, I, that's because Pat Garofalo. We got to get him back in the studio too. Just a great guy. I love the fact that one Republican, one Democrat. You guys are friends. There was no massive divide there. No, I mean we all mm-hmm. always have. Uh, got along pretty well i think yeah the one thing that we both had is kind of a clear eye of uh who uh, is who in politics and how it works and, right and you know like we can separate reality from bullshit better than most i think no i think you're absolutely right about it. that's why i enjoyed having both of you in studio at the same time don't agree on a lot of stuff but yeah, at least but we that's can, fine like we can figure out where we disagree and say yeah that's fine we're just we we're different on mm-hmm. this issue but we don't have to get all wrapped up in all the other stuff well, my wife and I love each other, but we don't agree on many things. There are a lot of things we don't agree on. That would be unnatural. <laughs> yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? That's a fact. What do you got, Andy? Uh, let's see. It looks like June 30th of last year. So, yeah. One year. Almost you, exactly. You nailed it. Pretty good. One year, good. man. You should be in politics. You could nail things down. It's close enough. <laughs> Close enough to be there. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but the, the number one thing I wanted to talk to him about, because I hadn't talked to Ryan in a while, and I just gave him a call yesterday, see how he's doing, all the rest of it, and I couldn't swear because his kids were in the car with him. You know, that's how that is. But he told me about your new venture, and I think this is, I'm going to have one right now, as a matter of fact, so the brand is called Crooked? Crooked Beverage. It's a you THC went from politics tonic. to crooked. Really? <laughs> they all think we're crooked anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, so I'm an open mind. Okay, tell me what it is again. So this is a THC sparkling tonic. Uh, we've seen these uh, seltzers out and around in the last year or so almost. And this uh, version of it is based Ooh. with real fruit, uh, real blood orange in the case that you're drinking. We've got yes, strawberry, sir. basil, berry hibiscus. And we're launching across the state right now. Uh, liquor stores are able to sell it legally as of about a week ago, and we're putting product in those and bars and restaurants. And, um, you know, you can buy three, five, or ten milligrams of THC in a can. Enjoy oh, the, really? Enjoy the flavor. It's fully legal at the state and federal mm-hmm. level. Right. And uh, it's like a, um, um, you know, an alternative to alcohol. People who are moving away from alcohol yeah. but still want a little something, that's what these THC drinks can be so 10 milligrams would be quite to like a strong beer kind of in a way yeah, maybe a couple of beers a couple uh, of beers. i mean it depends okay. on the person right everybody reacts right. differently right. to thc um and you know i think in a social setting three milligrams or five milligrams over you know a few hours might be a little bit better um but if you want you know good. if you want yeah good it's got a very fresh flavor to it a little bit of carbonation not too much not too much exactly it's no, all, I, all made in minnesota all uh, from the hemp in the field to the processor oh, really? uh, to the uh, uh, canning. Everything else is happening here in Minnesota. Oh, so you gave me the, the three milligram you were thinking ahead. <laughs> I do have a uh, packet of uh, five milligrams in our berry hibiscus flavor, and I'm going to leave that for you. Well, thank you very much. You want one of those, Andy? I'm good for now. <laughs> I do have to drive home after all. Yeah. Well, I have a three, another three milligram. I, you know, I don't know you and your tolerance, but... Probably you can drive home I'm on, guessing on that. Guessing it's quite low. Yeah. Three. Well, three is pretty low too. That's true. But I mean, I've only had it one time in my life about ten years ago. What THC? Yep. Oh, did you really? In what form? Uh, it was a cookie. One of the ones that oh, Mike the cookies, made. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know how strong those were. I have no idea. But that was way the hell too much. <laughs> It was way too much. I heard a story yesterday from a guy who's got to be 80 years old, and he was not following the directions and went out in (laughs) Palm Springs. He took like an eyedropper. He was supposed to take like a couple of drops, and he squirted the whole thing in his mouth. He said he woke up in the middle of the night, and he had to crawl to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can see that happening, no doubt about it. No, I think it's it's great in that – um, you know, I, I'm not a, I, a drinker. I've done anything to drink in like 10, 11, 12 years, but I've been taking THC the whole time to sleep. Yep. So 
I got to believe they kind of have to at least lean toward the fact that THC is not no it's nowhere near as addicting as alcohol. No, it's not really addictive and you know at all, yeah. if you have a party and you've got uh, everybody drinking crooked beverage you know the biggest issue is that it's going to be too relaxed, right? Yeah, right. That's exactly that's versus alcohol point. where the biggest issue is they could burn your house down. Are you, why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> there you have well, it. Well, you've got you've had <laughs> wild friends, I'm sure. There's some tales out there. Is I that would what imagine. <laughs> I'm speculating again. I don't want to Google this and figure it out. Um, for for uh, new listeners uh, to the show, because we picked up a ton of ton of listeners since came over to Hubbard, and thank you again for that. But Ryan used to come in with Pat. Uh, Ryan would be a Democrat. Pat would be a Republican. I was very, very impressed that the two of you are friends because most people, it's like, oh, my God, I can't. Ah, ah, ah. Settle down. Do you think, I mean, right now, and I do want to spend a lot of time talking about crooked because it tastes really good. Relaxing is a wonderful thing. Like you said, being, let's go instead of being aggressively drunk to have a nice little buzz going, hey, how are you doing today? <laughs> right. That's a, that's a much better party. Longer, slower conversations yeah. is about, <laughs> about hey, the worst of it. Hey, think of that whole deal? <laughs> but um, I do what, you know, we'll be bouncing back and forth between the product and talking about your relationship with Pat and politics and all the rest of it. It, to me right now, um, it's like two cults going at it. It's not a Republican Party. It's not a Democratic Party. These are two cults on the far left and the four, far right. It's four. Well, not four cults, but it's there's a civil war on the Democratic Party, a civil war on the yeah. Republican Party, yes. and then a civil war between the winner of the two. Yes, it's true. It, it, but it's like, here's what I don't understand. And this is one of the reasons I like you and Pat so much, because you would have never done this. I don't understand just because a person doesn't agree with your politics, you ruin their lives. What is that? I just don't understand why you would go so far as to actually harm someone just because they didn't agree with your politics. Well, it's because we've shifted from uh, I disagree with you to mm. you're a bad person. That's exactly you are, you right. are threatening my existence or you are threatening Jesus. the existence of the version of America that I believe in. But And then, of course, they implement the really severe lying that you have done things that you never did, but I have to harm you. Uh, so I got to get very severe because you're a bad person and I have to get rid of you. They make stuff up that never happened. I mean, I still see stuff on, on news reports from the last year, people saying things about me that are just not even close to being true. Hey, at least they're talking about you. Well, I suppose. Yeah, not in a good way. <laughs> you know, when we were working on this uh, cannabis legalization bill yeah. this spring, I was helping uh, to kind of shepherd it through uh, as chair of an organization called MN is Ready, basically a campaign to make sure yeah. the bill got done. Yep. Some people did not like some of the provisions in the bill, and they created an attack ad against me. That they paid you personally. Me personally. I'm not in office. I'm uh, not running for office. No. And they paid money to put up ads on, uh, you know, I, I guess streaming services attacking me personally. Why? And my role in cannabis legalization. I think they thought it would affect me, that it would somehow change the dynamic in the, in the legislature so that these, you know, their version would win. Now, you have a 16 and an 18-year-old in the car with you yesterday, right? Yep, and I have a 13-year-old. I have a 13-year-old, too. too, but they were not in the car. No. Okay, so basically, uh, I, so I get pissed off at you, and I'm going to go after Ryan. i got to go do this, blah, 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 blah. Why don't they understand when they go after you, they're going after your kids, too? If they're going to try to destroy you, they're going to destroy your kids and your wife or your husband or whatever you got cooking. I can't do that to people. I will say, you know, if I don't like somebody, I go, you're a pain in the ass and I don't really care for you at all. But I would never say something like, oh, you're a racist or you're a homophobe or you're this. Or you're... This word racism is out there constantly now. You know? Yeah. Well, the, the definition has expanded. Oh, it certainly has. <laughs> no and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but... You know, you, you don't – well, I mean, I do think that if you live in a society where you benefit from your skin color in ways that you did nothing to earn, mm -hmm. you should be aware of that. Well, then all people of all colors should be aware of that. In different contexts and settings, There's yes. There's no question about it, but yeah. they, that, that's not part of it, though. But on the other hand, mm -hmm. you know who mostly wins. It's mostly people who look like us. Do you think so? Yeah, I do. I mean, sure, it is changing in certain A lot. places, right? I mean – I'm guessing if you were starting in radio now, they would be looking for somebody who was a bit different from you. 
if you were starting over. Yeah, probably true. I talked to friends of mine who are in public radio around the country, and they, you know, say the same thing. But, I mean, those are in certain circumstances. But who are likely the two candidates for president next year? Two 80-year-old white guys. I know. Right? So Why? We're, still, we're still doing okay. We're still doing okay. Well, I don't know. Some of us might be doing But, uh, you know, the point is, I think basically, though, I think you're right. Like, it's easy to throw words at people. It's easy to make accusations. You have no accountability to them in your personal or professional life. You have nobody seems to follow up or care that what you're saying is reckless and that Mm -hmm. might affect your reputation or what you're doing. Uh, It's just sort of like anything goes. That's basically our whole culture right now. How can we not separate your family from you though if i don't like ryan i can go after ryan but don't involve your family what are you doing we see that all i mean all the time all the time which really that that i find disgusting i really do i mean my son is sitting at the at the board here running the show i got some really bad news for people if anybody ever goes after him you better run (laughs) that's all i'm saying oh i've i've seen it i've seen people uh you know, I uh, flipped the bird to a Republican senator a couple of years ago, <laughs> and I was pissed off because, for various reasons, but it had to do with uh, what he was doing on insulin. Uh, when I have a, you know, my middle son has type 1 diabetes. Yeah, yeah. I had done an all-nighter, and I was unhappy, and yep. my parent uh, self came forward, and I let him know how I felt. Well, and then you go and see online, and then people are attacking me as a parent and my son saying that, oh, you're un- living an unhealthy lifestyle. You deserve it. You don't earn type 1 diabetes. It's a, uh, no. It, it is no. it's not type 2 where you could argue maybe, right? But yeah, type 1, maybe. you don't earn it. He was no. 18 months old when he got this. Well, I told him not to drink. He wouldn't <laughs> right. listen to me. Right. He wouldn't, you know, stick to your bottle, son. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. You know, so there, you know, that stuff just is... I don't mind it for myself. I don't. I have a very thick skin. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But when they start to do that, and you, that's what I'm saying. The thing I don't like is feeling like powerless to push back. Right. Because I would like to go to their house and you know, uh, let them know how I feel. You mean with a closed fist? With fisticuffs? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't support violence uh, <laughs> or threats of violence in the political system. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We have our guest on the line. Oh, we have a guest. We sure do, Arthur Smith. Arthur, how are you? I'm great. Good to talk to you guys. And nice to talk to you as well. What's the latest with you, Arthur? You know, uh, just a little bit crazy. I had, uh, 
you know, uh, American Ninja Warrior, our show, one of our shows, uh, debuted on uh, Monday, uh, season 15. And, uh, you know, I've got this book. So I've, I've been doing a lot of launch events uh, with my book, Reach, uh, Hard Lessons and Learned Truths from a Lifetime in Television. So it's been, a, it's been a bit of a crazy week, but a good week. And I'm really happy to talk to you. You know, uh, Arthur has a connection to us Minnesotans. He does? Yes, because he was the producer of Hell's Kitchen, American Ninja Warrior, among other things, but also Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. Uh Uh-oh, Jesse! (laughs) Yeah, we had some good times with Jesse. Some good times with Jesse. I did, too. Also, you know, also, I I actually have another, it's an interesting connection, because Minnesota, they love their hockey, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was a former producer of hockey. I was a former producer of hockey night in Canada. So, Don Cherry. Uh, I grew up in. I, yeah, Don Cherry. Oh my God, Don Cherry. Don, <laughs> Don there Don you go. <laughs> yes, I mean, I was. Uh, I was very fortunate. I started at CBC Sports when I was young. The, the story of how it happened. I mean, the, the book's called Reach, and it's all about. You know, you only find out what you're capable of unless you reach beyond what you think you can do. You only, uh, when you reach, you realize the difference between a pipe dream and what you haven't dared to try just yet. So with that in mind, I was very aggressive, and there's something that happened to me when I was very young that I was covered in the book, and uh, I, I got a job at CBC Sports, which for a Canadian boy is everything, when I was very young. And uh, I was the replay director on Hockey in Canada. Years later, <laughs> it, it, and I still can't believe it happened to me, I became president of CBC Sports, and I was in charge of Hockey in Canada. And Don Cherry and I, every so often, there were moments where... Um, yeah, Don and I had to talk. I think I suspended him once, maybe twice. And uh, yeah, we had we had. Uh, I can tell you the story. I'm like rambling on here because I'm I'm awake. I like I'm rambling. So, <laughs> pardon me. I like rambling. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, you like rambling? Oh, okay. So let me let me tell you this one of one of the stories about about Grace. Okay. So you know, you know in Canada he's like he's Canada's best sitcom. I mean, there you know him and. Yeah, the co-host, Ron McLean, and Coach's Corner is like an institution. You know, he says a lot of things that aren't exactly politically correct, but, you know, it's gone, whatever. And um, I started, when I, when I became head of the sports division, I started this special edition of hockey, and Don is very much a traditionalist. So anything that went outside of Saturday night, 8 o'clock, which is when Hockey Day in Canada, the number one show in Canada, um, is on, anything that broke that mold, would bother him. So, um, and, and so I, you know, being a young guy trying to innovate and trying to make my mark was doing all these special editions, and Don hated it. Even so much as when Gretzky got traded to Los Angeles, we did this special edition game, and it was on Wednesday night, and Don didn't want to go, and I had to convince him to go, and anyhow, it turned out to be a big rating for that, but Don was not happy with me. But the game on a Sunday afternoon, it was, it was a game on, on a Sunday afternoon. Los Angeles was playing the pack. I said, Don, you got to go. He goes, I'm not going. I said, you have to go. And I said, as part of your contract, you have to do a certain amount of dates. You need to go. So, he, so we get him to go, and he comes on Coach's Corner. Unfortunately, after the first period, it's, it's not a good game. It's like a blowout. I can't remember the score, but it was some blowout. L.A. was blowing up Quebec. He doesn't love, he doesn't, doesn't love Quebec. <laughs> but I'm going to leave it there. Anyhow. He, he, he goes on Coach's Corner, and they start talking about the game, and he goes, I knew it wouldn't be a good game. You know, we're breaking the mold of Hockey Night in Canada. Hockey Night in Canada Saturday. This is what happens when you move Hockey Night in Canada from Saturday to Sunday afternoon. And he looks, he, looks into the ca- he looks into the camera. I'm sitting at home watching with my wife, and he goes, right, Arthur? And Ron McClain, who's the co-host, goes, you mean Ron? Uh, you mean Ron? I'm the guy sitting beside you. He goes, no, no, Arthur. And I'm sitting there. <laughs> He's talking to me over my TV. Right. And people, and people who are, are watching go, who the hell is Arthur? You know? <laughs> and we're like, what, what is wrong with him? So, uh, so anyhow, so we had a we had talk after that. And, you know, it was, it was all fun. But, he, you know, he's an amazing guy. He's amazing. He's a, you know, he, he's a, I don't know, he's an institution in Canada. And uh, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of other positive stories with Don. So, but that, that was one that was just a, uh, just was very. It was a very interesting time. I, I can yeah. understand that. I, I should. I should mention, by the way, that I've gotten several text messages. I'm supposed to pass along to you as a Canadian. Hey, nice smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He goes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when it when when in, when in Canada, you know. By the way, 
Canadians, are, as you know, are very good at apologizing, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds sincere, Arthur. That sounded... I don't have to say sorry, so I, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. But... I've been here for 30 years, but I'm still saying sorry a lot. I, I never lose that. There's two things a Canadian never loses. One is A, mm-hmm. this just happens. Like I said it the other day, I still can't believe I still do that, A. And then I'm saying, I say sorry all the time. So it's, it's, just, the way, it's just the way we're bred. Just the way, the way we are. There's nothing wrong with that. Arthur, I do have to ask you a question because I'm looking down the list of people that you've dealt with. Uh, we're talking to Arthur Smith about his new book, Reach, Hard Lessons and Learned Truths from a Lifetime in Television. And then it uh, talks about the fact the book chronicles his impressive career and his relationships, both professional and personal, with everyone, and listen to this list, with everyone from Marlon Brando to Donald Trump to Gordon Ramsay. Holy hand, Arthur, you've been putting up with a lot. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's my pleasure <laughs> most of the time. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll learn which what went well and what didn't go so well. But you know, uh, yes, there's some really good stories, and you know, Magic Johnson's in there, and Gretzky, of course, is in there, and sure. Dick Clark, who was my mentor, who got me my green card, and Dwayne Johnson, who I love, who actually just posted on Instagram for people to buy the book. I love you, Dwayne. Three hundred eighty million followers. That's nice. That's uh, very Little nice. Richard, Simon Cowell. I mean, you know, but all the stories, I, I like to say that it's a, it's a memoir with a purpose. It's not, you know, yes, these are among my most entertaining stories, but they're not not necessarily, that wasn't the quality or the, the criteria that I used. It's really about things that support the overall theme of the book, which is the power of reach, the power of extending yourself when to extend yourself, when you're overextending yourself, reaching back and helping others, which is an important mission in my life. And and as a matter of fact, all the proceeds from the book are going to a foundation called the Reach Foundation, which gives money to um, half a dozen charities, all who lift people up in, in some way. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it, was, uh, it was very cathartic and... You know, it's part of a, a new chapter in my life where I, I feel like I've been so fortunate and I've had such great mentors that, that I wanted to pay it forward. And the book hopefully gets the mission out there um, and, uh, and reaches. That word reach is such a good word. It keeps coming up. Really uh, is a good word, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, hopefully, it, it will let, hopefully it'll entertain people. I think it will because I think there's some – I mean, Marlon Brando's in the book. It's, it's not. I lost the best Marlon Brando. You got to hear what happened. And uh, you know. And, and by the way, by the way, Matthew Broderick will pick up back. I, how's that their name dropping? You see how the way I did that? I, I love that. that. Double uh, drop, actually. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah it, it's, 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 it's it's a crazy story. And uh, but but anyhow, like I said, um, everything is about you know um, what I say is that you know the more you try, the luckier you get. Um, and by the way, it's not it's not all. You know, success stories. There, there. I talk about things that didn't go my way, but I believe that that's just part of life. That's part of reaching. You're going to fail, and your failures are just misdirect. And I believe things are uh, meant to be. I believe in faith. When things don't happen, there's a reason. Sometimes it takes you a couple years to find out why, and but but eventually you do. Eventually you learn that 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 things weren't meant to be. Yeah, that makes sense. I think i got to tell you my favorite Marlon Brando story, because there's no bigger fan of Marlon Brando in the world than me. I just loved the guy. I thought he was one of, still, in my opinion, the greatest actor ever born. But uh, he was shooting a movie with Carl Malden many, many years ago. It was a Western. <laughs> and the director of the movie lasted, I believe, two days working with Marlon and hated it so much he quit. Uh, and you'd know the movie. I won't mention the name of the movie, but you'd know it. So the director quit after two days. So Marlon went and said, well, why don't you just let me direct it? I'll, I'll direct the movie. And they said, oh, okay. Do you know this story, Arthur? No, I don't. Oh, it's a magnificent story. So Marlon uh, directs the movie. And he gets the movie, and he's, it's taken a little longer than they thought it would. You know, it, it kind of dragged on, which not a surprise. But uh, Marlon says, okay, I'm done with it. I'm done with the movie. I'll bring it to you, and uh, you can look at it and, and give me your take on it. But I think it's a, a masterpiece. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring you the, uh, the movie today. He brought him the movie <clears throat> over at the, uh, the head offices. 
And the movie with Marlon Brando and Carl Malden was ten and a half hours long. (laughs) (laughs) How great is that? Now, a half... This is a true story, Arthur, and I'm not kidding you. A half an hour of the ten and a half hours, one half hour. Remember when he gets his hand broken because he's a gunfighter in this movie, and they break his hand so he can't be a gunfighter? There is Uh a half hour scene in which he's looking at his hand. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that about Marlon. Wow. What a story. Marlon, was Marlon a little interesting to deal with, I bet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 was, uh, he was in his own world, you know. And, uh, but, you know, in, in a room full of the biggest stars, he was the biggest. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He, uh, he was special. Um, you know, there was no doubt when he walked into a room that uh, all eyes were on him, no matter who was in the room. Oh, I think that that was his whole life too, from the time he was like twenty years old, right? He, he just he yeah. was Marlon Brando. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah. I just got a, a message yeah. sent to me from MovieWeb, a place called MovieWeb. Why One-Eyed Jacks mm. is a pivotal Marlon Brando film? Because that was the movie I was talking about. One-Eyed Jacks. Okay. Why, why One-Eyed Jacks is a pivotal Marlon Brando <laughs> film? Yeah, because it's ten and a half hours long in its original cut. In oh, any case, my God. Um, movies, movies are too long now. Movies are too long nowadays. Right? Oh, I mean, Arthur, I, I can't why, take it. Why do they all have to be? Why do they all have to be three hours? I know. Or or two forty five. I'm so excited when something's like two hours. Two hours is mm-hmm. fine. Ninety minutes is good. It's a good movie. I don't care. But three hours is a long time to sit. I've got but, about fifteen minutes of attention span max. That's it. <laughs> these days. <laughs> I can see that. That'll, that'll happen. I yeah I don't know it, it it's look I have I'd like to see John Wick four because I hear it's really good but as you pointed out Arthur it's three hours long I don't have three hours and they said well why don't you watch it in like three one hour segments well then all that other stuff gets involved and I I don't I'll, I'll have to sit down one of these days and watch it the whole th- look I mean there are two movies that were three hours long one was almost four hours long that were really good it was Godfather and Godfather Part two so other than that. Yeah. Cut it back. Cut her way back. I, I, I agree. How many, you know, how many times you go see a movie and they're three hours and you go, this actually would be a great movie if it was 40 minutes shorter. Yeah. Right? Yep. That happens all the time. Happens all the time. It does. Now, what was your first big project, Arthur, way, way back in your career? What was the first big one? You were kind of like, and how did that feel, I guess, is a good, a good uh, way to phrase it. Well, um, you know, there's... Uh, you know, at different stages of my career, because I've been a sports guy and an entertainment guy. So, you know, there was the big project when I was a sports guy, and there's the big project when I was an entertainment guy. But I guess the big thing for me was producing the Los Angeles Olympics when I was 24. Oh, God, and yes. I, I mean, I, I, was, I was two years out of college, so it was insane. And uh, I don't think I enjoyed it because I was so freaking nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but that was amazing. And it was my first time in L.A. It was my first time in L.A., and as a kid who... Who, who dreamed of working in, in the entertainment business to do the Olympics in Los Angeles uh, was amazing. And I remember calling home to my parents and saying, someday I'm going to be back. Someday I'm going to be back here. Because I didn't go to L.A. as a tourist. I went to L.A. and worked. Mm-hmm. And so I had the experience of like living there. I was there for three months. And, yeah, that was special and, and really changed the course of my career. Because from there... Um, that led me to being one of the leading producers in Canada. I went on to do two other Olympic Games, and then they made me president of the sports division, which got the attention of a lot of people, um, including you know CBS Sports and NBC Sports and Dick Clark. And Dick Clark, um, it's, 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 yeah, it's covered in the book. It's a long story how it happened because, um, and how I got to him. I'll tell you a story that's not in the book about Dick, but... But anyhow, so Dick, Dick offers, um, Dick, Dick got me my green card. Like I said, they offered me a job at movement, moving to L.A., and that set my career in a whole, direct, whole other direction. I never thought I would work in sports again. I'm a television guy, at, or television guy first, a sports guy second. I love, love, love TV, um, and, um, but I love sports. And, and, but I moved to L.A. never to think I'd work in sports again, and then I ended up at Fox Sports being head of programming and production and news 
at Fox Sports years later, uh, prior to starting up my company, which was 23 years ago. So, and Dick, Dick was the most, uh, most, you know, for me, the most impactful mentor in my life. And he, he was just an amazing guy and uh, so humble, so down to earth and so warm and brutally honest. <laughs> but, uh, but he was great. He was like, uh, he was not LA. He was like, he, he was, he was almost Canadian. You know, he was so nice. <laughs> they have wildfires in California too. People from people from Minnesota are great. So you know, um, he wasn't he wasn't an L.A. Hollywood type of guy. He was he was very very down to earth. That's a wonderful story. I got to run a name by you uh, because he's a dear yeah. friend. His his family and my family have been friends for years. Uh, did you ever work with Louie Nanny? No. You never did, because Louie Nanny uh, grew up uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Lou from the Sioux. You're not talking about Lou Nanny, the hockey player, right? Oh, yes, I am. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So yeah, he, I mean, I've, I've met him, but never, I've never, worked, never worked with him, but I've, I've met him during my hockey days, yeah. He's one of the most impressive people. He can BS better than any living human, I will tell you. I, <laughs> I love Louie. Lou from the Sioux, but honest to God, and I love that little, that little, arc that he has in his voice because he always goes jesus christ <laughs> i love it when he does that it's like louis gets all upset about this that or the other thing i i don't know it's yeah uh great I, very I, quick I, I still i still have my hockey card collection i have a little nanny hockey card that's for sure but i but some but more than that i think or somewhere and i can't remember where uh when to you he's louis because he's close friends and so like that's why it threw me but uh sure i remember yeah, Lou Nanny, my favorite Lou Nanny story, and then we'll move on. More talking about Arthur Smith about his book, Reach Hard Lessons and Learn Truths from a Lifetime in Television. Louie and his family like to travel together a lot, and I mean it's up to like 20 people go on these trips. And a few years ago, <clears throat> Lou Nanny and his family went to France. They were all want to go to France, okay? And there's 20 of them, and Lou's family, when they get together, might make a little noise. You know, nice Italian family mm -hmm. from Sault Ste. Marie, so they're in France. They're making a lot of noise. They're having a ball. And finally, the maitre d' comes over and says, uh, if I could ask you to keep it down, you know, some other people are, are uh, you know, getting a little upset with this whole situation. And, and I understand that you, you people from America have no idea about this kind of thing, but we here in France show some courtesy to other diners. So just because you're American, I get it. And Lou says, actually, I'm Canadian. And the guy says... That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Great story. He went to he went to the University of Minnesota, right? He did indeed, sir. And then he became the uh, yeah. eventually the president and general manager of the Minnesota North Stars back in the day. He's, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. He's an absolute legend in this part of uh, part of the world. I'll tell you that, Arthur. But uh, uh, you know, it's well. First of all, everybody. And this is a true story, too. One of my best friends is, is from Toronto, Canada, a guy named Dougie Dawson. Yeah. Dougie, we miss you. Love you, pal. But honest to God, it, it, it's so amazing to me because the first time I ever met him, and we became such good friends 25 years ago <clears throat> because uh, we are playing in a golf tournament, and they tried to pair everybody together like they put the two New Yorkers together and the two guys from Philadelphia together, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they put Dougie Dawson and me together. Now, he's from Toronto. I'm from mm -hmm. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I said, well, what do you mean? Because I'd never met him before. I said, I thought we were going to put people with, you know, the same type of person, you know, New Yorkers with New Yorkers, Philadelphians with Philadelphians. And they said, yeah, well, we put you with a guy from Canada. And I said, yeah, but I'm from Minnesota. And he said, and I quote, well, isn't that in Canada? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, no, it's not. But Arthur, is it a wonderful life doing what you do? You must really have enjoyed your life thus far, I would guess. Yeah, no, I'm living my dream. I, I'm definitely living my dream. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm talking to you guys now, and I know this will be hard for you to believe because I haven't shut up today. But um, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was the sh I was the shyest of shy kids. I was the... I was the kid that parents worry about. I was so quiet. And there's something I talk about in the book that changed my life. I was nine years old. And I was, it happened subconsciously. 
I didn't r- realize, of course, you're nine years old, you don't realize something's happening to you, but it was a time where I had to put myself out there. And it changed my life. It turned my life around. And I never was the same. And I started extending myself and reaching and, and, and uh, not being afraid to reach. And that led to, um, actually, it was a, <laughs> that led to a career in front of the camera. I was an actor. Um, oh, okay. I, I movies. Yeah, I did movies and I did television commercials and I was on some sitcoms in Canada. And, um, and then every time I was on set, I was so curious about what was going on that I would go into the control room and I would, or, or talk to the director. And I, how, how are things made? And like I said, I was fascinated with television. Think about being a shy kid. Television kept me company with my friends. Sure. And, and, um, and so I was like addicted to it. And, and so I was naturally very curious about it when I became an actor. Yeah. And, and, and from that, I fell in love with production. And I realized that that was my lane. That's, that's who I was. That's who I was. I was a producer. And, and that led to me going to film and TV school. And then I got that break at CBC. And as I told you, the rest, you know, becoming president of CBC Sports, Dick Clark, et cetera, et cetera. And all those, all those, all those wonderful things happened to me. And the great thing about having my own company, which is 20, you know, 23rd year, and, you know, we've done 200 shows for 50 networks and everything like that, is that I get to do a wide variety of things. You know, Hell's Kitchen, American Ninja Warrior, Flora's Lava on Netflix. Uh, I have a TLC docu-series um, called Welcome to Plattville. I work with the NFL, the Pro Bowl games. Um, I do a game show with Rob Lowe called Mental Samurai, Kitchen Nightmares. You know, we're, like, I love it all. And when I was working in sports at Fox Sports for four years, um, after leaving, after making the transition to entertainment and then making, the, then making the transition back to sports, every time I was in sports, I missed entertainment. Every time I was in entertainment, I missed sports. And so, thankfully, um, this company thing worked. And it was kind of like the biggest reach of my life because – when I, I was at Fox Sports, I was head of programming, production, and news. I had this great job with this great contract, and it was a long-term deal. And I knew I, want, I knew I wanted to get back, and I knew I wanted to start my own company. And, and I had two young daughters. I still have the young daughters, but they were young at the time, of course. Um, and uh, they're amazing. And, and my wife and um, our, our little family. Um, and um, and I, I left the this great security, and with no income coming in. There was no income. And uh, I was just hoping I would be able to make a living. Um, but I knew I was doing the right thing for me. And the right thing for me is making shows. That's what I love. I love making shows. Right. I love entertaining people. Um, and, um, yes, it's been a blessing. And, listen, you guys know no life is not filled with disappointments and, and, and you know, things that don't go your way. But when I look back on my life, I, I am so grateful. I am I'm so grateful for the life that I've had. And, uh, and like I said, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book, because the more I go up, this book represents a chapter in my life that I want, I want to do more to give back. And, I, and this the book is like the beginning of that chapter. Not that I haven't always, but I want to spend more of my time doing that. Uh, you know, so, um, so that's, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for... Uh, Thank you for having me on, guys. It's fun. You guys are fun. Well, thank you. Very nice. And, uh, Very nice. I just wandered yeah. in. <laughs> What's that? I said I just wandered in. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you go. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Arthur, come back. It was wonderful to talk to you because one thing I will tell you, after all the great stories you just told and you allowed me to tell a couple of stories, I really enjoyed that. But to close with what you said, uh, Ryan and I and my son Andy were just talking about this just before you came on. We have got to get back to being grateful for the good things instead of pointing out how horrible everything is all the time. And you do that, Arthur, yeah. so that, uh, thank you. I'm with you. You know, I had a, you know, I talk about Dick Clark being the most important mentor. I had a father who, um, who I will never be as good at, who was my role model. Who was the most grateful person alive? My dad and I would go to my dad and I would go to a restaurant and we'd order the same exact sandwich, exact same sandwich. For some reason, his sandwich was so much better than mine. <laughs> it was just his way. He was grateful for everything, and and uh, you know he, he he died uh you know four years ago, and uh, 
but I, I just I just aspire to to try to be as good as him. I, I will never be as good as him. So, uh, but the thing that the biggest lesson was was gratitude, and yep. Uh, yep. I'm with you guys. I'm with you. We 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 all should be grateful for what we have. Arthur, you're a good man, and please, like I said, please do come back. I'd love to talk to you again very soon. All right. It would be my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Arthur Smith, ladies and gentlemen, the book, Reach, Hard Lessons and Learn Truths from a Lifetime in Television. The book is available everywhere, of course, on Amazon, and you just reach out and you got it made. But I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. What a great guest. Wonderful guest, do you think? Well, especially since uh, you had stories to swap with him and you didn't have that much time to prepare. Eh, you know, <laughs> that helped. I was watching and thinking, wow, these guys can, these guys are good. Well, we just, I don't know what that is. You know, I actually do know what that is. And it's funny because it kind of ties in with what he said in reverse that he will never be as good as his father and blah, blah, blah. I realized by the time I was four, I was already better than my father because <laughs> <laughs> he was a massive pain in the ass. It was, he was a terrible father. He just was. You know, he got violent at times okay. and all the rest of it. So I think I retain a lot of stuff, and I think I do that because he was so, well, he was eventually institutionalized. He was in a mental institution for years and all the rest of it, but I think that's why I do remember so many. Like I said, I've never met Arthur Smith. I didn't know what his book was about, but as soon as he started talking, you know, if you, if you travel around a little bit, you can t- Canada, first of all, is one of my favorite places to go in the world. You ever been to like Lake Louise? Bank? No, oh, no, not I've God, never, Ryan, I've been, you gotta go. I don't think I've been anywhere except Winnipeg. Well, Winnipeg's not bad. It's, it's not Lake Andy, <laughs> Winnipeg, or Lake Louise. What do you think? Uh, I don't think I've been to Winnipeg. <laughs> so. you can go for Lake Louise. I... Yeah, I'll have to. That'll win by default. One of the great stories of all time about Lake Louise. You drive up the highway from Banff, Canada, which Banff Springs in is a magnificent castle of a yeah. hotel, just beautiful. And as you're driving up, you go by this this kind of semicircular bridge that hangs out over a canyon. Wow. And it's got a glass floor in it. So people walk could walk out and you literally look straight down a quarter. Yeah, my palms to are sweating as you <laughs> describe this experience. But I will never forget this. I'm walking along and there's a little kid. Turned out they were from Japan, the family was. They were walking in front of me, and the little kid looks down. He had not looked down before, but he's, you know, 12, 1,500 feet in the air by the time he gets out to the tip. He looks down and passes out. <laughs> I'm he, just about to pass out with you telling me the story. <laughs> he, honest to God, fainted <laughs> right, right yeah. in front of me. And so I go over there to help him. And his father could not speak English, but he kept waving me off, like waving me off like this, right? I thought he just wanted, you know, maybe a medical professional or somebody with them to come through. No, no. They wanted to point and laugh and take pictures of their son (laughs) passed out on the walkway. Nice family. Well, you know, if you're thinking ahead like that's valuable, that's a valuable picture later on. Absolutely. Oh, I will never forget. They were laughing. Oh, 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 the kids passed out. What a pussy. I mean, God, really? Tough family. Very, very difficult family. There's no doubt about that. All right, let's get back. And thank you again to Arthur Smith. He was a terrific guest. Very, very fascinating subject, as a matter of fact. Uh, And I love the fact that he closed with, I could never be as much of a man as my father, and I'm so grateful. Let's hear more of that, shall we? All right, well, this is a non-relatable story. I just got back from my 25th college reunion. Uh, and, uh, you know, 1998, all, I was a Harvard graduate, and during my college experiences, this is a whole bunch of very high-achieving, type-A, sure. goal-oriented people. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of kind of measuring, you know, how you stack up against everybody else. And 25 years later, it was all about uh, letting our guards down, learning about the really? things that had not gone well in our lives and the things that had and lessons learned and just a lo- tremendous amount of curiosity 
about everyone else's experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, re- it was um, you know, I, my oldest son is heading off to the Naval Academy in three weeks. And so this your is... Old, your oldest son is? Yes. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. So this has been kind of a big time of change and transition and kind of looking back. And I, I completely agree. I, I feel like I need, like I have in the last year since losing an election and kind of reconnecting with a bunch of things feel like I have a lot more gratitude in my life right now. And it was wonderful to see there so many kind of friends and competitors and, you know, all the ones, you know, kind of looking back and seeing how we had shaped each other and just felt a lot of gratitude for each other. Isn't that nice to, I, can people get back to this, to being grateful instead of, oh my God, everything's horrible. If you don't <clears> spend <throat> any time on social media, I think it helps. If you oh, I don't, don't, I don't ever go on social really media. If you don't really watch uh, cable news, I think it helps. Don't watch that either. If you pick up the phone when a family or friend, uh, family member or friend calls, even if you can't talk long, if you spend time without your phone and engaged mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know just actually engage with the people around you, I think you can. God, I hope so. I, I just really, really wish we'd get back to a decent, even keel world. And it's never been perfect, obviously. No. And maybe, you know what? Actually, I'm drinking a crooked blood orange. <laughs> and I will tell you, honestly, God, so I've been at it now about a half an hour. And it does make me calmer. There is no doubt that it makes me calmer. Isn't it? it's so? It's such a nice feeling because I don't feel high at all. No, I just feel really relaxed. And if you kept going, you'd probably start having a harder time speaking <laughs> as clearly. Or, but you know, at the right level and sort of at the right occasion and the right you know time, I think it's a great way to relax. Well, I just think of it like I said because I you know, well now I don't get up until you know five forty-five in the morning. I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, so. That was not fun. No. But I think if I literally had one of these for lunch and one of these for dinner, it would be good for me, the three, the three milligram ones, because I am very relaxed right now. And I think maybe that's why I had such a good time talking to Arthur, because I was very relaxed. And you know, it's a very good feeling. This, this crooked gives you a very nice feeling in your head. Good. We actually good. have a question from Joe Harvey. Uh, he wants to know if it's federally legal, how does it work with federal DOT drug testing laws? So the, our, this is a complicated story, and I'm going to try to break it down as best I can. <laughs> there you the go. 2018 Farm Bill said that cannabis plants that have less than 0.3% THC mm-hmm. are called hemp, and they are an agricultural commodity. And they are fully legal under federal law. I'm doing an ad for you right now. I love it. Keep going. And um, (laughs) getting closer. (laughs) So (laughs) under the DOT, so but the the molecule, the delta nine THC molecule, is the same whether it comes from a low potency hemp plant or a higher potency cannabis plant. The underlying delta nine molecule is basically the same thing. So if you're going through DOT testing, you still are prohibited from ever testing positive for THC in your blood. Mm, so okay. it is generally legal, but that doesn't mean that every person can consume it under every federal law. So DOT regs are one example. <clears throat> if you have uh, you know, zero tolerance drug testing in your job, they can say you can't you know, have this in there. Right, right. You, know, you can't uh, be high and drive down the, the highway even though it's a federally legal product. So there are restrictions, but at the federal level, the, the, the THC in a crooked beverage is, is considered an agricultural commodity and not a controlled substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, where can you go purchase crooked? Uh, well, that is expanding all the time. So yeah, right good. now we're, we're loading in liquor stores uh, across the metro area. In greater Minnesota, liquor stores are starting, but there's a lot in uh, uh, like convenience stores. Oh, really? Yeah. So I mean, you can get a convenience store? As long as you do a 21-plus <laughs> age check, you can get it in a convenience store. Uh, and we'll, here too as well, not yep. just up north. Yes, like if I go to Speedway, I can get one. Well, there maybe? that's a different animal because <laughs> oh, Speedway yeah, corporate national. is not. You know, right. they've got to be brought on board. Right. But you know, we're look we're working with uh, big national chain liquor stores who are operating here and getting their corporate people on board and understanding that they can sell this. It's not going to screw up their banking or finance or insurance. I want to buy some it. on the way home. Where can I go? So you I'm live going, in Edina? I'm going south on Highway 100. South on Highway 100. <clears throat> can I go to Byerly's and get it? No. Come I think on, if Byerly's. you went to uh, the Liquor Boy right over here. Um, oh, across the street. You could get it. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely do that. Yeah. Because it's it tastes good, by the way. Also, you're going to get some free stuff. I know. I get the free. <laughs> and then what's that? That's six milligram, you think? This is five. Oh, five. Okay. Yeah. 
Because the three, I'm, I'm, and I'm not just making this up because Ryan's here. The three milligram is just perfect for getting that even keel, nice, I feel really good. Yep. You know, not ha- like, you know, drunk happy. I just feel really relaxed and, and at ease. It's very, very nice. Good. We've got a caller. We have Neil, who has a question for Ryan. Hey, Ryan, this is Neil. I'm in South Carolina. At the All moment. right. I was wondering, oh, by the way, I've been listening to the show, Tom, since uh, I was born. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thank you, you, Neil. I appreciate that. How old do you know, 70? Uh, 42. <laughs> You're right. And you have it, been. It, it might be part of the reason I turned out the way I did. Whether that's good or bad, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Are you grateful for Tom Bernard's influence in your life? Yeah, thanks. Thanks <laughs> a lot. Tom Bernard, among, amongst others, yes. But, uh, oh, and Gelfand. Gelfand's my favorite. Oh, Gelfand, sure, sure. He sounds exactly his voice, and just the way he talks reminds me of my Uncle Robbie, who was near and dear to my heart. He oh. passed away not too long ago. He was a short, diminutive uh, Irish man from St. Paul, and he was the biggest smartass I'd ever met. <laughs> and I learned a lot from him, too. So just to hear Mike's voice reminds me of my Uncle Robbie, and I love it. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Makes you happy. <laughs> I'm a big doll every Thursday. I love it. But anyway, I wanted to ask about the, uh, I drive for FedEx. And I can't sleep. And I haven't for the last 10 years since I started driving for FedEx. Because FedEx is kind of ridiculous at the moment. And because of the uh, DOT regulations on THC. Yeah, and your CDL? Uh, no. But, I mean, it's pretty much a... If I fail a, a random UA, then, I mean, I'm done. And their, their drug tests are, I mean, they're high tech. They can detect the most minute um, amounts of hope or optimism. I mean, THC. <laughs> <laughs> but is there, is there any steps in place to make it so, like, a guy like me could go home, have a gummy, get a good night's sleep? Because it's perfectly legal for me to go home, you know, drink a fifth of Jack Daniels, wake up sick, hungover. But as long as I'm under the limit, I'm good to drive a large truck through right. residential yeah, neighborhood. Right. Well, I can't go the, home, have yeah. a gummy and a, maybe an extra bowl of ice cream and go to sleep. The problem is it's federal. And when it's federal, it's slow. And it's been very, very slow to change. I don't know if there's any real movement right now on DOT regulations on this. Um, okay. Unfortunately. And it's part of, of course, the old uh, hypocrisy. I mean, there's no way that uh, THC is as dangerous as alcohol is. Not as hard on people. No, God, no. no the way. The social cost. Right. But it's just completely different under federal law. And I don't know when it's going to change. I do. I mean, I think that's partly why, you know, some of the, the hemp-based products have a lot of promise because it, it is you know, at least at the federal level right now, it's legal. So it makes a bit of a difference there, but unfortunately it doesn't for you. Yeah, Unless was, you switch jobs. Somebody was, somebody, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually am thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, okay. I was trying the, uh, the Delta Nines here in South Carolina because those, those you can get. And, I mean, I didn't know it until someone's like, well, yeah, you can fail a drug test with these. And I'm like, oh, crap, all right, better stop taking these. And then had drivers in Minnesota who were all excited. Yeah, weed's legal. I'm like, yeah, but you still work for FedEx, so good luck <laughs> keeping your job if you fail the UA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bummer. I wish I had better yeah. news for you. Ah, uh, someday. Someday. Now, do you ever come back to Minnesota? Uh, in the summertime, yep. Oh, you do? You, you, come, you... Come, to Minnesota, come to Minnesota in uh, the summertime to get a break from the heat here. So do you spend the entire summer here in Minnesota? No, I usually come up uh, usually around the 4th or around the 23rd of July for, you know, my birthday week and see Sam and then maybe get up to Duluth for a little bit. Oh, good where idea. It's actually, where it's actually cool. I, we actually, we've been bouncing around the country since my son Seamus was born seven years ago. We Famous. went from Lakeville to Two Harbors to Prior Lake to South Carolina Back to Bloomington, then up to Hermantown, then back to South Carolina. <laughs> well, hey, that sounds like a great trip to me. I love all those spots. Where oh, the drive's great once you get past uh, Indiana. We're in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Greenville. Okay. 
So it's a great. State. It's great. I'm about an hour from about an hour from Asheville, uh, three hours to the ocean. Yeah, it's wonderful. Catherine yeah. keeps trying to talk me into into getting another another house in Asheville. Should I move to Asheville? Oh, you. Uh, you know, Tom, my wife, we we don't like the heat all that much, but we don't like the snow, and we're we're mountain people more than beach people. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking about heading closer up that way. I heard it's. I've been there before, but I heard it's a great place to live. You, you would you agree? Oh, it's absolutely. I mean, yeah. we every just about every. Every other weekend, we drive. I mean, it's an hour and a half to get to Asheville, and then from there, you can go to you can go to Cherokee, you can go oh, to right, Tennessee, yeah. go drive to Blue Ridge Parkway. It's just amazing. It is a and wonderful it's deal. Always about ten degrees cooler there too. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Neil, call in more often, man. It was great talking to you. Thank you for your kind words. Absolutely. Have oh, a good you day, got sir. it, Tommy. Love you guys. Love you too, pal. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. I just love the fact that listeners, and particularly with the podcast, Andy, we, I, you get messages from all over the world, don't you? I mean, it's mostly Minnesota. Mostly still. Minnesota still, yeah, but other people from other places. And I, I just, see, I love it when you get guests on the show, have a guest in studio, somebody on the phone, people call in. It's, it's what radio used to be. A little more relaxed and free form. Yeah, it's just very Spontaneous. I mean, I'd be more relaxed if Pat were here. I'm still pissed <laughs> that he didn't come. Why didn't he come, that Have pill? another crooked. He had to work. I don't know. Some, work? Some bullshit. I didn't understand he that. He can't but... get anything done. He's like one of two Republicans in the entire state. Well, if you're a legislator in Minnesota, you have to have other employment. Although oh, that's right. The you pay do. did right. go up to 50 grand this year. So. Oh, did it? Yeah. Really? That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, 50 grand. Although they talk about if you make less than 57, you've got problems. Okay, well, that's not very nice. No, it's, well, it's since that's like above the average household income. It is, yeah. It is. I mean, it's a tough right road to average. hoe. It is. So I'm going to go over to Liquor Boy and get some Crooked in about another five minutes, which I'm looking forward to. No, seriously, I, how did you end up getting in this business? Great call. Well, I lost an election. Yes, you I An okay. August primary election. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have any other political plans. I, I didn't then. I don't now. It, it may happen. I don't know. But um, I needed something to do. And I'm a you know pretty high energy, creative person. And so I saw the opportunity in this new THC beverage market. And mm-hmm. I thought Minnesota is the place where this yep. market is going to develop and grow. It's not like any other place. I agree. And uh, it's an exciting. Plus, I had helped create the law. I was leaving office, and yes. I wanted to help yep. make sure that there was a high standard of product quality out there. Uh, so we've invested in better packaging, better ingredients, mm-hmm. more consumer education. Uh, we've got child-resistant lids on our cans and you know, inside yeah, the right. packages. Right, so exactly. for us, for me, it was, you know, I believe in this uh, segment. I believe in what we're doing here, and I, and I found some partners who were ready to help make it a reality. So people just call around. Like, like I said, I'm going to go over to Liquor Boy. It's right across the street. Can people just look it up on the internet? Yeah, and find you can out look at. We it? have uh, crookedbeverage.com/find, uh, and you can. There's a should be an interactive map. It's not perfect, um, but it's pretty accurate. And there's you know bars and restaurants around this, uh, the state that you can uh, order a crooked as well. So oh, the gnome over in St. Paul, birches mm-hmm. on the lake out in. Uh, oh, I like that spot. Yeah, that you can spot. order a crooked <clears throat> berry hibiscus five milligrams right at their patio bar overlooking Long Lake. I just think it's a great idea because, once again, I'm, and I'm not making this up. I, I would not, you know, lie to you and tell you, ah, oh, it was no big deal. The three milligrams that I just had, I, like I said, I had the blood orange crooked, and it just put me in a very good mood. Now, I'm not high in the least. I'm just very relaxed, and when I'm relaxed, it puts me in a good mood. That's good. Shouldn't most people want to Does that help you it? be a, you know, radio personality, or is it hurt? Oh, that could be a problem. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. You didn't build a career on being in a good mood, did you? He's nowhere near as big an asshole as it used to be. What happened? Maybe, yeah, that might hurt me. You're absolutely right. No, I, I just think it's a great idea. I'm very, very happy for you. Very quickly, one minute. How the hell did that election go the way it went? I just don't get it. Well, uh, let's put it this way. I There was a candidate who was running on the progressive left uh, reform everything, oh, let, that, you know, deal, that yeah. whole thing. Oh yeah, you know, defund yeah, the police was part of it. It was right? cult. It's a cult. Uh, there was another is. kind of law and order candidate, <clears throat> um, and I 
thought that we needed something in between. I didn't mm-hmm. think this continuing back and forth law and order versus yeah. let everybody out, that kind of thing was going to be successful. And I tried to mm-hmm. basically say there is a better way, and most people agree on what we can do. And uh, that message, I don't think, was as strong. I, I think you, in politics, there is a price to be paid for, for trying to be a, somebody who is bridging people together. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that. that. And so I was not the candidate of either camp. I was kind of in no man's land in between and came in third. I mean, there were eight other candidates. Yeah, so. yeah but I mean, I, I, I just had a vision. These two guys, one named Ryan, one named Pat, one be a lieutenant governor, the other one would run for governor. You ever <laughs> see that? Uh, <laughs> I think people in both parties would uh, melt down if they saw their I'm just telling governor, you, lieutenant governor from I am parties. so sick of our officials being leaning so far right or so far uh, left. So I got to tell you, Ugh. there's there's there are kind of two types. There are the true believers, and there are those who are practical and realize where the action mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I mean, there is a uh, very active left wing. There's a very active right wing, and there will be candidates who go out and meet that market, who offer oh, the, yeah. the thing oh, yeah. that that market wants. It's because the, the those people are so animated and fired up and active mm-hmm. that, and they push our politics that way. If everybody who was, uh, you know, moderate, reasonable, open to other ideas, even if they're very conservative or very liberal, right, right. if those people were as active and engaged and and in participating, we would have a different kind of politics. God, I wish. But we they're kind of leaving the they're kind of <clears throat> leaving the field open to people with the biggest axes to grind. Why? I, I don't want them. Well, I don't want to hear about their compl- acts. Politics is complicated. It is. Public affairs and the running the government is not easy. It's not easy to understand. And it's when things are complex, I think it's easier for people to uh, pop a crooked and go to the lake. You know, it's really funny about that. My, and I'm not making this up just because you're here. My three favorite politicians in this state are you, a liberal, Pat Garofalo, a, 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 a Republican, and Jimmy Francis, who's kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah. I, you three guys should be running this entire state because you're even keel. Everybody would get a voice. Why don't we go that route? I just don't think that enough people are actively engaged in, their political, in a political party to, to push the lever <laughs> in that direction. Am I mistaken? And I, I don't know if he's a buddy of yours or not. And I'm not an anti-walls guy or anything like that. But he always seems to me like he's plugging for a bigger job in, like, Washington, D.C. or something. He's well, he's definitely been raising his national, trying to raise his national No doubt about it. In the, since he got reelected. Yep. Um, and, so you I'm know, not wrong. Uh, well, I don't know what his goal is. I haven't talked to him about that. My, my guess is that, you know, you've, you'll be serving eight years as governor of Minnesota, and he doesn't want to go retire uh, to Mankato afterwards and wants to figure out what else life might bring. Right. I don't grudge him that. No, I understand that. As but long as like, he's mining the store, which I think, uh, you know, I think that's happening. But he didn't have to piss away all our money. I mean, it would have been nice for everybody in the state to get a check for $6,000, don't you think? Uh, yes, it would be great if unicorns flew through and <laughs> okay. dropped, dropped money ass. on all of us. He but, said that right when we reached the run-hour point, Andy. He did that on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I understand. I just, like I said, I'm, I'm headed much more toward even keel now. Somewhere down the middle here is good. That'll be nice, right? Well, sure. But there are also big needs and big problems. And yeah. you have to have some vision for how to address them. You try to be a, uh, a single mom making $45,000 a I'm year saying. and make a better life for your kid. That's what you I'm know? saying. It's We're... not just tax cuts that will help that person. Yeah, but she should have gotten the $6,000. Well. She should have. There's no, I will never get over that. But she needs child care. She needs a school system that's going to help support her kids. She needs, uh, you know, if something, somebody's sick, she needs to be Mm -hmm. able to keep making a living while she's, you know, away from work. There, I mean, so government programs are not the answer to all of it. You have to think about, you know, how government can be leveraged to create more opportunity for people. Uh, And so, so we get into the simplistic. Uh, government is the answer versus government can't be the answer. And that yeah. is the kind of the short-sighted thinking, I think, that we have the biggest problem with. All right. Now you got to get a hold of Pat, and, a, and both of you have to come in. Maybe I should get Jimmy Francis in. All three of you at All once. three of us. That would be a hell of a show, Andy. What do you think, some Friday? Sure. You wouldn't even get a chance to talk. But works <laughs> for me. I'll just sit and listen to three of you, hon yucks. That would be fantastic. But great product. It's called Crooked. 
Uh, the blood orange is the one I had today. I'm going across the street and buying some more now because I just love the way it makes me feel. I'm not high in any way, shape, or form. I just feel really good. So congratulations on the new business. Please come back a lot more. It's not going to be another year, damn it. Well, I'll take your phone call anytime. All right, Happy well, to come I, in. Seriously, as soon as Pat can make it, if the two of you can come in, and I'll get Jim, Jimmy Francis come in too. Because you guys get all get along. Yeah, what I can tell, absolutely. Right? So the three of you in studio on, on a Friday would be an amazing show. So we'll work on that together. Whatever works for all three of you, that'd be great. All right, we'll do it. Thanks very much. Andy, that's going to do it. Yep. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>